going to be a church that um, was moving away from being spiritually busy, right, to being spiritually deep, moving away from being um, dependent on the church to do everything for them, but rather moving towards being equip, equipping each one of us to be um, influencers in our sphere of influence. And then also moving away from just being our own little uh, church huddle or cloister to not only being a part of that as a family, but then taking that and moving that right to wherever we live in our neighborhoods and where we work and, and um, our extended family. And then not only that, but to take it to different communities or to different coasts. We're not on a coast, but, you know, left or right. And uh, to the world. And it, and it was a place where he dreamed with his family that it was going to be <clears throat> that you could come, you could be real, it's okay to not be okay, but the understanding that, that God doesn't want us to stay there and to just go in that. And so we fast forward all those years to today, Sunday, April 8, 2018. It's supposed to be warm, but it's not. And here we are. Here we are. And, and I've heard over the years um, many, many stories. Some of you um, have been here from the beginning. Some of you are new, like me and my wife. And some of you are just brand new today. And so welcome to you. But in those, all those years, we've heard many stories of, um, of people who have found their way back to God, of people who have, um, whether it's, it was at their house or whether it was at a particular restaurant or a bar or whatever it might have been, playing ball or um, at one of our gatherings, whether at Millard, where we were before, or in this gathering right here in Ralston. Some found God for the first time, right? Some found God for the first time and and others, it was they found God after they strayed from him for a while. And they found their way back to him. For some, it was a pretty dramatic and instant um, journey back to him. And for others, their journey involved many, many steps, and many months, and over many years. But what is undeniable is that life transformation happened in their lives, on, their, on finding their way back to God. And many of them were you that are here this morning. So what I want to do this morning is we're going to begin this new series called Finding Your Way Back to God. And we're going to, in essence, continue our series in Luke. We're going to look at the story that Mallory read in Luke chapter 15. But we're going to press pause and we're going to take a little longer in that one story. We're going to take the next four weeks, today and the next four weeks, to talk about that particular story. And so what I want to do, we all connect with stories, and so I want to just share just a short uh, video about three stories about life transformation. My father was an alcoholic, so I grew up in that type of a, of a home. Once I became of age, drinking was just natural. I saw it, I did it, participated in it, got heavy into it. My first marriage was not very successful, and it ended fairly, fairly soon. I had a daughter with my first wife, and I was very into being a, a daddy. 
having my daughter gone was very, very difficult. Uh, and it was probably at that time, as far as from a drinking standpoint, I got a lot heavier. Got married again, got into the same, same habits, same routine. My first marriage lasted five years. I had a daughter, got divorced. My second marriage lasted five years. I had a daughter, got divorced. Didn't really learn from my experiences. It was more a day-to-day, -day, I want to feel good today, however that was. Alcohol, sex, success at work. Uh, there was no real foundation of anything significant that I was searching for. That was rock bottom for me. I've had two failed marriages in 10 years, two daughters that are no longer with me on a day-to-day -day basis, and I'm by myself at this point. My journey started when I was two years old and my mom and my um, dad divorced. And I, we had lived with my grandmother for a long time. And she had then at the, mo at the time gave us an ultimatum to stay with her or to leave. And my grandmother and I did not have a good relationship. My mother and my grandmother did not have a good relationship. I met my ex-husband when I was a junior. Um, it was great in the beginning. I didn't really know who I was though at 16, 17 years old to be in, in love or even know what it meant. It was just something was missing, but I just was so in the moment and wanted like to get married and the whole fairy tale that I kind of pushed those feelings aside. Um, once we had my daughter, it definitely took a turn for the worse. His behavior changed and my behavior changed and I wanted out about a year after. And so I stuck with it for a little bit longer and we went to therapy and then once I found out I was pregnant with my son. I felt like I was just stuck. I, you know, I have two kids and I definitely don't want to be a single mom with two kids. So I knew something had to change and I just kind of went the wrong way to make that change. I had an affair and then on Father's Day weekend, I had another affair. And the man that I had an affair with ended up being my boyfriend for a few years after me and my ex-husband separated. I think from the beginning of being with a grandmother that treated me like a piece of crap to now being in a relationship that I'm just destroyed and slept with multiple men, but there was no God. And if he was there, he was not a nice person. Uh, I grew up in a, a Christian home um, with two parents who also grew up in in Christian families. When I was young, about seven, my, my parents moved to a camp in Central Illinois, a Christian youth camp. And that was a really, really cool way to grow up, uh, just surrounded by youth groups and, and Christian kids. And coupled with that, I also grew up in the church, surrounded by a family that uh, didn't just believe it, but they lived it. For me, growing up, uh, the key word, I think, in my family would be acceptance. Uh, I didn't find that out till later, that that was a key word, but it was exactly what I knew growing up. No matter what I did, I would always be loved, um, exactly as I am in any moment. You know, I had a faith, I saw how it had played out in my family's lives, but I did not have a direction, and I did not have a purpose that I felt like I was being pulled towards or, or called to, just kind of searching, longing for a fulfillment that it seemed like everybody else in my family had, and I just hadn't found yet. So we're gonna press pause on those stories, and you're gonna hear from um, them how that all resolved a little bit later on in the series. But for this morning, I just want to um, 
press pause on their stories because I want to ask you about your particular story. I mean, have you ever felt like um, those three, um, Bryce, Chris, and Jake, and maybe your story isn't as dramatic as theirs, but maybe you felt a similar emptiness um, the way that they were feeling. And you know what it's like to have longings that go unfulfilled. You know what it's like to end up in a place where you really never intended to be. And maybe even in this moment, as you ponder you know, your particular story, your life, you find yourself thinking this particular phrase, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this life, to my life. And this feeling that there's got to be more stirs up inside of us longings that lie deep within each one of our souls. These longings are so universal that they show up almost everywhere, right? We look at it and we see in the stories that we write. We see it in the art that we create. We see it in the movies that are written and produced, and we see it in the songs that we sing. So here's our uh, audience participation moment. I don't know if you believe me in all that, but we're going to take a little, um, just a little experiment this morning. So what I want you to do is I'm going to play three songs and just a short phrase, and we're going to you know, play it up until the middle of the phrase. We're going to press pause, and then you just see if you can complete it. So I need your singing voices. Are you good with that? So let's, um, let's just uh, do a little, like I'm going to say, row, row, row your boat. Perfect. Wow. On pitch over here, not so much over here. <laughs> all right, so here's, all right, so you ready? I mean, don't be surprised when the song cuts off. You just keep singing, okay? You good with that? All right, so here's the first one. At her feet was a footloose man. You can't always get. <laughs> Good. Okay, here's number two. But Sing. Now you can. Wow. I'm impressed. Here's the last one. Because before we start. We do have to go with a country western variety, right? All right, here we go. And telling those sweet lies and losing again. I was looking for. <laughs> you guys are so good. I wish you all could be up here watching you all. All right, that's, that's true, right? We see those songs, we sing those songs, and it's just really a reflection of the deep, deep longing for love that we have in our life. In fact, I was reading that great website that's so um, factual, Wikipedia, and <laughs> there's this guy named Glenn Wolf. This is actually in the Guinness Book of World Records. He holds the records for the most number of monogamous marriages in the United States, 29 his longest marriage lasted 11 years, and his shortest marriage was 19 days. And here's an interesting, if that wasn't interesting enough, here's a little more interesting detail. He was a Baptist minister. Go figure. 
His final marriage was to Linda Wolf, and she held the record for the most marriages by a woman, 23. Their, their marriage was actually a publicity stunt. Go figure. Anyway, when Wolf died, he was um, just shy of 89 years old. They think he had about 40 children with all of his marriages. But when he died, his body went unclaimed. None of his wives were there, and all but one of his children um, attended his funeral service, which I thought was very, very interesting. But what I want to know is why didn't Glenn Wolf stop after his fourth or even his 24th attempt at marriage? I mean, really, why did he keep trying? And that's a question for us, not about continually marrying, but why do we keep trying? Why do most of us keep trying in this thing called relationships? I mean, really, right? You've all found, you all know, you've all had experiences that relationships are hard. We get dumped or we get hurt, yet we still long to be loved. I mean, why if, if one friend stabs you in the back, do you find yourself reaching out and risking friendship again? I mean, think of all the movies that have this theme, and I'm thinking about my daughter's. And all of the drama that went along with their friends. And I'm just so glad that we're past that. Here's a little thing that I would tell them. If it's three, flee. If it's four, adore. That's a good thing, right? Do you get that? doesn't matter. Okay, here we go. But you see, we're all looking for love, right? Inside all of this is a longing to be loved. We also long for purpose. I want you to think back when you were just a little tyke. Just a little, little, little person, male or female, um, maybe five or six in, or seven or eight, whatever it was. What did you want to be when you grew up? Just tell somebody right next to you what you wanted to be when you were all grown up. Quickly tell somebody. I mean, right, what was it? A doctor, maybe you wanted to be a teacher, maybe a fireman, maybe you wanted to go to the moon to be an astronaut, or maybe a professional athlete, or like myself, I wanted to be an Olympian. I mean, did you ever think to yourself, why in the world were you dreaming about having any kind of job or profession at all? Because it's not like you needed a job at that age. It's not like you didn't have any bills to pay. Hopefully mom and dad were taking care of that. I mean, you were still learning the alphabet. You're still learning how to spell and even how to spell your name. So why would you even think about what you wanted to be when you grew up? It's because, right, we already have built inside of us a desire for purpose. We wanted to accomplish something in the world, and that was already there, even though we didn't know it, it was already there at such a young, young age. So we long for love. We long for purpose. But we also long for meaning. We want to know the answers to the big why questions of life. And I think every one of us at some point in our life have asked that question. If we haven't now, we will ask that question, why? I mean, why, God, if you are so good, why did you allow this to happen in my life? 
What is the point of life? I mean, why am I even here? Why am I in so much pain all the time? Now, if this is you and suffering is causing you to question God, I mean, I want you to think on this a little bit. I mean, there's a reason why suffering feels not just painful, but also wrong, and it feels unfair. I mean, there's a reason why you don't, why you feel like your life and the world um, aren't the way they're supposed to be. God gave you those feelings. I mean, God feels the same way. Your desire to see wrongs righted and suffering come to an end is put in you by your heavenly Father, by God. And understand that the longing for love, the longing for purpose, the longing for meaning or answers to the big why questions are longings that all of us experience. I mean, we are hardwired for these feelings and these longings in our life. And so please, um, and this is that first point on our outline, please understand this. The problem isn't that we have these longings or we have these desires. The problem is, is that we seek to fulfill them on our own. The problem is we try to satisfy these longings and answer these questions without God. And here's the good news this morning. It's really the gospel. Understanding these longings and, more importantly, the truth of where they can be satisfied marks the beginning of your journey and my journey back to God. Mallory read Luke 15, 11 through 24. And in that, it's a story that is considered by many to be one of the greatest short stories in all of literature. It was shared by Jesus. And it's a story of a lost son who has this longing, right? There's got to be more in this world. I mean, can't you hear him singing, you can't always get what you want. I can't, I won't sing anymore. But I still haven't found, right, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. I mean, can't you just, well, I don't know, yeah. Can't you just imagine that that is kind of going through his head right now? In the context of the first century Middle Eastern culture, um, some of you know this, some of you may not, but a son asking for his inheritance early was really one of the worst insults that a son could do to his father. In, in Jesus' day, a son was not only expected to wait until his father passed away before he would receive his inheritance, but he was also expected to take care of his dad, his parents, in his old age. So when this son asked for his inheritance early, it was like saying to his dad, look, dad, I don't really care if you live or die anymore. I just know that there's something more, and I want it now. Now, before we go and say, man, that guy was a jerk, is it possible, and I know this sounds a little crazy, but is it just possible that what he just said out loud is what most of us feel inside. I mean, don't we feel 
Like life isn't bringing us what we hoped for or what we wanted or even what we feel like we deserve. I know that even though it's quiet in here right now, that there's a lot of quiet shouting going on within you that says, yes, absolutely yes. That's what I'm feeling or have felt. Now, what I'm about to say to you next might surprise you in the sense that thinking and feeling that you want something more is really what you should feel. It's not that everything that you desire is good for you, but that's, that's crazy. No, absolutely not. But yet, things like your longing for a love that will truly last and a purpose for living and your need to make sense out of the hard things in life, all those longings, those inner desires come from God. But the son in Jesus' story in Luke chapter 15 was like so many of us. He was convinced that he had to leave his father to find answers and to fulfill the longings that were inside of him. And so we read in Luke chapter 15, verse 13, and so Jesus said, he set off for a distant land, a distant country. Now the story doesn't give us many details about what happened while he was in that distant country. It simply tells us that the younger son squandered his wealth in wild living. I mean, we're left to imagine what wild living is, but I think that we probably have a good idea, right, about what that might have entailed. And it didn't take long for the son to just go right through his inheritance. And very quickly, this adventure that he was on, this journey that he was on, went south, turned sour. We read that a famine struck the land. We read that he began to live with no money and no food. And in verse 15 and 16, we read that, so he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He was at the bottom, wasn't he? His longing for love wasn't satisfied with women or people or relationships. His longing for purpose wasn't, find, wasn't found in partying or wild living, as scripture says. His journey left him asking all kinds of why questions. I mean, why didn't this turn out like I thought it would? Or why am I so lonely and broke and, and empty right now? And why did I end up in a place feeding pigs? Like this. I, mean, I don't know if that sounds familiar to you or feel familiar to you. I mean, the story of the lost son is really each one of our stories, some more or less dramatic, some more or less painful than what he has experienced. But here's the good news this morning that Jesus wants to find or wants to help us find our way back to our Heavenly Father, back to God. And so this brings us to 
probably one of the most important questions that you're going to answer in your lifetime. And here it is. Where are you going to go to satisfy these God-given longings in your life? I mean, we all have them. We all have them. The question is, where are we going to go to satisfy these longings? And your answer is either going to draw you closer to God, your Father, the one who created you, or it's going to draw you further away. There's just no middle ground. It's either drawing you close or it's going to draw you further away. And so that's why we've entitled this series, Finding Your Way Back to God. It's all, about, um, it's all about that initial time that we find our way back to God and began that relationship. But it's also about um, this ongoing journey that we have with him. I mean, yes, we find, our way back, we find our way back to God that very first time, and it's a life-changing moment in our life. But we also find our way back to God um, as a life-growing process. It's um, time or over and over and over again in our life, right? Think about your spiritual journey right now. Those of you that have said yes to Christ and you're growing and you're walking in all those years, I mean, time after time, right, you've wandered away from that first time that you said yes to him. Or time after time, you and I have forgotten our Heavenly Father. We've forgotten God. Or time after time, we've completely turned around and said, I don't want to be with you. What we need to do is recognize that we all have these longings for love, for purpose, for meaning. And that it's not satisfied from running from God, but running to God. I mean, that's really the key message this morning, is to recognize that we all have these longings. They're all inside each one of us, but they're not satisfied by running away from God. Truly. But they are satisfied by running towards God. I mean, to me, when I think about these next four weeks, this is a very, very important time for our church family. Because really, this is why we exist. We want to be about finding our way back to God who created us, who loves us. We want to have a right understanding of who he is and to find our answer in him. So that's why this morning... We're going to um, challenge you to take a, a, a small risk this morning. And that's simply to pray to God. For some of you, that's very, very uncomfortable. So we're going to help you with that. For some of you, you've been praying to God for a long time, but it just becomes something that I do before a meal or something that I do before bed and it just becomes rote and it's stale and it's just not there anymore. And so what we want to do is we're going to really what's called this 30-day challenge. And I'm going to have an iPad up here and you can also sign up on the website at 
FindingLifeChurch.com, hit the resources tab and there'll be a link. And all I'm going to ask is you put your first name, your last name, and an email. And what, what's going to happen is it's going to initiate a series of emails that you're going to get one every morning at 6 o'clock. And in that email, there's going to be three sections. It's going to be a think, so it's going to ask you a question, and then it's going to be a journal, and, and, and then you're going to be asked just to write down your answer to that question, and then it's going to have the third section was just the pray part. And very simply, all we want you to do is just pray this simple prayer. God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. Awaken in me the ability to see that you are what's missing from my life. So if you sign up today or whenever, it's going to initiate a welcome email, and then it's going to initiate another email you're going to get in the morning the next day. And it's going to give you a think question. It's going to ask you to reflect on that. Whether you write it down in a journal or not, I don't know if, you know, maybe not all of us are journal writers. But think about it. And then it's just going to ask you simply to pray that prayer. And then it's going to, once you open that one up, it's going to initiate another one. And it's not going to initiate another one until you open that one up, if that makes sense. And we're going to do that for 30 days. We're going to have six days of praying this one prayer. And then on the seventh day, it's going to switch to another kind of simple prayer. And there's going to be three others after that. Okay? Are you with me? I'm excited for what God is going to do through this. And I just want to challenge you to, to take this 30-day challenge. So let's, let me ask you again as the team comes up. Where are you going to go to fill these longings that are inside of you? I mean, these longings that came from God. Right? They're either going to draw us away from him or they're going to draw us close to him. Imagine, though, if God fulfilled your longing for love and for purpose and for meaning. Right? Imagine. Just close your eyes with me right now. Just close your eyes. And I want you to think what it would be like to not have to run after love anymore. Imagine what it would feel like to not have to search for purpose or to look for meaning in your life. Can you even imagine or even begin to imagine what it, might, what it might feel like to experience all these longings fulfilled in your life? And my prayer this morning is that every one of us will let those longings that we have lead us back to our Heavenly Father, whether it's for the first time or whether it's for time number two, three, four, or five. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for every person that is here, God, that you have purposed that they are here today, God. I pray for those that could not be with us, whether it's because of a death in the family or illness or for whatever other reason, God, and I pray for them as well. God, help us to really dive into this story in Luke chapter 15, God, and I pray for today. God, I pray that, that your spirit will work inside of us, God, so that we will 
um, take on this challenge, God, so that we can draw closer to you and find our answers. God, find uh, these longings that we have fulfilled in a relationship with you, Father. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name.